this marathon was one of those things that I set out to conquer, but didn't really know what it was going to look like. What does that mean? Well, let me take you through it. This year has been a year of many losses, and with that, I won't even try to beat around the bush, but one of these losses was unfortunately the cancellation of in-person racing. Thousands of people gathered at one start line just wasn't a reality at this point, so as things progressed, the iconic Chicago Marathon, which Grace and I were both training to run, was inevitably cancelled sometime back in July. At this point, we weren't too indulged in mileage for this to really suck. But still, it sucked. So we both talked to our coach and decided to switch our training around. Grace switched things over to a half marathon training cycle, and I took on training for a fast 5K. New, different, exciting. I thought it was everything I wanted. Now, fast forwarding a bit into September, there was something about heading into the fall season where many big races usually go down and just not being a part of them. We switched our training around because not only was Chicago cancelled, but virtual races just didn't seem as fulfilling of an experience as a true marathon event. I mean, this for me was based off of New York City 2019, the only marathon I had run to date, but that was enough for me to feel everything. So mid-September came around and during a 10k run like any other 10k run, I got to thinking, if we took on the marathon distance ourselves, that would be pretty freaking cool. I finally realized what the hype was surrounding these virtual races. Yes, the people, the event, the bibs, all of it is special and makes these experiences worthwhile. But at the end of the day, tackling something like a marathon is so much more than that. It's a chance to prove to yourself that you can make shit happen. Commit, pursue, and conquer. So while normal marathon builds take anywhere from 16 weeks to more, we set a date for 8 weeks and asked our coach the ultimate question. Can you get us ready for it? So we did. Week after week, day in, day out, we ramped up our mileage so that in just 2 months, we could feel what it was like to take on yet another 42.2 crazy kilometers. Now, what you all came here to hear, race day. November 14th, 2020, a day I won't soon forget. Like any other Saturday morning long run, I woke up at 5.20 a.m., put my bagel in the toaster, started the coffee machine, and ran back into bed. Once I got those key ingredients to my successful morning long run, wink wink, I had so much adrenaline going through my body that I remember literally pacing in my living room, alone, while drinking my coffee. Anyways, I had my race gear already laid out. Under Armour Day of the Dead shorts, tank top, New York City Marathon finishers quarter zip, you know, for that extra motivation. My lucky running socks, my favorite running hat, and I packed my bag with the essentials. Water, noon, and a whole lot of gels. At this point, it all started to feel real. I was about to run my second marathon. I think in the days leading up to the actual event, I was a little bummed out because I realized that especially compared to last year, this wouldn't live up to the hype. 
There was something missing. But was I ever wrong? Now, I can't continue this recap without giving a shout out to the people that really, really made this all possible. Grace, I could not have pursued such an ambitious goal without your constant support from every direction. You made me believe and kept me grounded when I needed it most. Coach Kelsey, you trusted my crazy dreams and turned it into a reality, kept me motivated, and let me really see what was possible. My homies and pacers, Olivia, Avery, Alex, Aiden, Riley, Chris, you all kept me distracted when I needed it, kept me hydrated, kept me focused, but mainly, you guys kept me going. This day was not done alone, and I'll forever cherish that. Now, here we go. Olivia drove us to the start line at Ontario Place along the water where, on the way, I won't lie, my pump-up song of choice was One Less Lonely Girl by Justin Bieber, and yes, I sang every word of it. Once we pulled up to the start line, Aiden and Riley started with me. 7.12 a.m. to be exact. I remember as I clicked the start button on my watch, I said the four words that truly made it feel real. Let's run a marathon. And that's just what I did. So I broke it down into a few sections. Aiden paced me for the first 10, and Riley stayed in it for around six of those 10. This 10 took us along the water where my homie Judy was there bright and early to surprise me with some much needed love. She jumped in for a few hundred meters and after saying my goodbyes to her, we kept going to the entrance of Tommy Thompson Park where Olivia and Avery were waiting with water, gels, and noon. You know, the good stuff. Aiden tapped them in and we continued for a 10 kilometer loop of Tommy Thompson. After this loop, 20 kilometers in, Alex jumped in for a six kilometer loop, and at this point, things started to pick up. The last loop, another six kilometers, Chris tapped Alex out and jumped in. As this loop ended, Avery and Olivia finished their goal distance of 22 kilometers, and I asked Chris to stick with me just for another two before I set out to finishing the rest of the race solo. And that's what he did. All along these crazy loops, subbing people in and out, it had me reflecting on how incredible it is to have people who fully support the crazy, ambitious things you do. They were there for me with all the essentials, would literally start talking about random things just to keep my mind busy. And the amount of times I asked them for updates on pace or distance, and they just kept feeding it to me. Whatever I needed. Again, so damn grateful. Now, let's talk about these last 8 kilometers solo. They say you don't hit the wall until mile 20. And so here I was, running the best I could with the lingering belief that somewhere after mile 20, it would hit me. So when Chris stepped back and I broke out into what I can say was a full-on mission to that finish line, it hit me. I tried to stomach my fifth and final gel, and I only got half of it down before deciding that I literally could not take it. Even with water, it was not going down. So here I am, alone, dry heaving for a good three minutes, gagging, 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 turning heads, and honestly, not giving a single fuck. People's heads were turning, they were looking at me wondering what the hell I was doing, but just knowing that I started something, and how I was going to finish it was all I could think about. Once I turned that corner, 
back onto Lakeshore Boulevard, I was thinking of every excuse as to why I should stop. Oh, I gotta pee. My quads hurt. This, right now, this, this is far enough. I can stop. But at the perfect moment, I got a text from Grace that said, smile. That's it. It just said smile. And for the rest of the race, that's exactly what I did. You see, when you smile, your brain releases endorphins, natural painkillers, and serotonin. Together, these three make us feel good from head to toe. So even though I was quote-unquote dying, smiling as big as I could for as long as I could made it seem okay. So here I was running, smiling like a literal psychopath, and I couldn't have cared less. At this point, whatever got me to the finish line. Now, throughout this whole run, I had goals A, B, and C. Goal C was to finish the race, just finish. Goal B was to PR, so get a better time than I did in New York. And goal A was to break four hours. So with five kilometers left, I had the realization that sub four was actually possible. As long as I kept moving at the pace I was, it was gonna happen. So smiling, singing to myself, talking to myself, doing everything it took to keep going was all I could think of. Well, that and the discomfort and the pain that 35 kilometers of running actually brings you. And then, before I knew it, after this painful, emotional, long adventure, I stopped. 42.2 kilometers in the book. Three hours 58 minutes, 25 seconds. I did it. And all I could do when I stopped was think, all right, where the hell can I pee? <laughs> if I'm being honest, I was just not ready to have the same experience that I did after crossing the finish line in New York. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, if you want to know more about what that experience was like, I suggest going to check out my finish line story. That's a mountain moment I recorded back in May during season one of the Mountain Movers podcast. But here I was. I did it. And I did it for me. I set out to achieve something massive for myself and proved that I can do hard things. And like I said, I tried making every excuse as to why I shouldn't keep going. But we do. We keep going, and amazing things come out of it. I shared a short conversation over text after this run with a good friend, Jonathan Greenwald. I asked him, why do we do this to ourselves? Every time, we just want to make it harder on ourselves, so why not go faster, right? He goes, exactly. That last time really sucked. I bet if I could run faster and make it suck more, I can beat my time. I replied, maybe one day it'll make sense. But for now, this feeling, this feeling is enough. You see, 2020 took a lot from us. But it did not take this from me. It's broken hearts, broken spirits, changed many people's lives and will continue to do so. But we, as human beings, remain unstoppable. And this crazy November day taught me just that. So until next time, keep fucking climbing. Love always. 
Jake.